attention um, to the Word of God. We thank and praise God for all those that are out there and that are listening by means of, of technology through social media, Facebook, Summer.net. Uh, and however other means um, you're hearing the word of God. And this morning we want to uh, share some things with you. We uh, want to do a little teaching. I'm trying not to uh, get too excited. I want to uh, make sure this word is imparted. And this word is imparted where it needs to be. Uh, we'd like to, for you to go first of all with me to the book of St. Matthew. St. Matthew chapter number 20. St. Matthew chapter number 20. We just want to teach this morning because we want to make sure that it soaks in. Make sure that it soaks in. St. Matthew chapter number 20. Father, bless your word. Sanctify it and give your Holy Spirit. We give your Holy Spirit a free course. We open up ourselves and give you full access. That you would just use us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. St. Matthew chapter number 20. Are we there? Uh, we want to use as a topic this morning... We want to talk about, we want to talk about uh, servitude, the rewards of servitude, the rewards of servitude. Most people, when they, when they come in and, and to a vineyard, they don't come in with the mindset of wanting to serve. They come in with their own vision, and when you come in with your own vision, you create that vision. But understanding there's something about servitude. Servitude is so very important. And servitude comes with rewards. Now, in St. Matthew chapter number 26, uh, chapter number 20, and the first verse that we want to visit is verse number 26. But prior to this, the disciples had come and, and, and Jesus and they had gathered together. And there was a mother there that was, um, the mother uh, had two sons. And what she did, she made a request to Jesus. She asked that her two sons would um, be given uh, seats on the right and the left. And Jesus let her know that, that that was not his to give. See, they wanted positions of prestige. Uh, whenever you were given that position to be able to sit on the right hand or the left hand of Jesus, that means you have notoriety, you, you have prestige, and you be, become known from, uh, by others. But Jesus let her know you don't even know what you're asking because if, if they want that position, and it's whenever you're close to, to, to the visionary or to the leader, then you're going to get what they are getting. So Jesus says to them, are you able to drink from this cup that I drink? And, of course, they said, yeah, because they did not know what they was talking about. They had no understanding that what happens when it comes down to suffering. Now, verse number 26 in the book of St. Matthew, chapter 20, 26 says this. It says, but it shall not be so among you. He's talking about you can, should not have one lords over others. And Jesus was trying to tell them that the way of the kingdom is reversed from the way of the world. So he says, but it shall not be so among you. So they're fighting for position. Then he says, but whosoever shall be great among you, let him be your minister. If you want to be great, he says, let him be your minister. But, but it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. 
Now, let's, let's share some things about being this minister, okay? Some of us said, well, I want to be great. I want to be the minister, okay? Now, when you begin to look at the Greek original meaning of the word minister, it means given to suffer. In ministering, are you willing to, to suffer? You're, you're given over to suffering. I, I, and I, I can identify with that. Amen. It's given over to suffering. And not only is it given over to suffering, but it's being a waiter. Being a minister is nothing except being a waiter. You know how it is when you go in the restaurant, when you go into a restaurant, and when you, once you arrive, there is uh, someone that greets you. Once they greet you, uh, then they take you, they usher you over to your seat. Once you're seated, the first thing they want to do is give you something to drink. They say, well, what would you have to drink? That means they want to give you some refreshments or refresh you. And as you sit there, as you, as you sit there, uh, then you, that, that, that waiter will come back and bring your drink, and then they ask you for your order. They, 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 you've given them in you already. They ask for your order. What would you like to have? But at the same time, you are trying to wait on these people that's trying to make up their minds. See, that's what ministering is all about. There are times when you just have to wait for people to make up their mind whether or not they're going to serve Jesus or not. But you still have to continue to serve the table. Even though it may not be what you want or what, what you think they need, and, and yet you still have to wait and give them what they want. You're serving them. And sometimes you will get a disgruntled person that's at the table. Anybody been there? They're, they're, they're disgruntled. You're trying to serve them, but they are disgruntled. And you have to, to accept that. That goes right along with ministry. Amen? That goes along with ministry. See, you you get all kind of people that sits in the pew. You got all kind of personalities and you got all, t- all types of characters and you got all k- types of demonic forces and, and all kind of spirits. But being a minister, you still got to serve them. They, 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 they may say any and everything against you, but being a minister, you remember now, to minister means to be given over to suffering. You still got to kiss the baby and love them even though they got a dagger in their hand. And that dagger will soon be in your back. Still want to be a minister? <laughs> Given over to suffering. Given over to suffering. And, and, and not only that, you know, you, sometimes when, they, when the waiter brings the food back, some, you know, the, they are dissatisfied. Sometimes when you bring a message or give a person a word, they are dissatisfied with what, they, what you bring, and they want you to take it back and bring something else. Anybody been there too? <laughs> done all of that. I've done all of that. And so uh, uh, not only is uh, a, a minister, but he's a teacher, he's a, he's a pastor, and he's a deacon. And a deacon is nothing but one that wait on the tables. In the book of Acts, that's what he talked about. You know, the apostle said we need to be uh, at a place where we can sit and, and uh, be assigned to hear the word of God, and we can uh, receive the word of God and hear from the Lord, and we can't afford to wait on tables. A deacon really wait on tables. They had to wait on everybody else. So you just, you two as the waiter. It's still a minister. So same thing. And then uh, Jesus says this now in verse 27 in Matthew chapter 20. He says, And whomever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. If you want to be in the high ranking, you've got to be a servant. Well, 
When you think about a servant, a servant is, has to be willing to go beyond the call of duty or what's requested. I'm talking about a two-servant. got to be willing to go beyond the call of duty. You know, not just what's requested of you, but going the extra mile. We're talking about servitude. But there are rewards when it comes down to servitude. Now, let's go, let's go to the book of Genesis. Let's go to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 24. Genesis chapter number 24. Genesis chapter number 24. Understanding the story, understanding the story in Genesis chapter number 20, 24. Abraham, he's old. He's old now. And he wants to make sure that his sons will marry the right person. So he has a son by the name of Isaac. He, he, he's one that, that had, was born uh, at a, in an uh, old age of the mother and the father. So, but he's looking for him a wife. And, and, the, and, and the wife has to be a, a certain way. You just don't marry anything. And, and he knew that. He was about to die. But he also, also needed to know and understand that I have to find somebody that will be able to go out and find the one that's willing to go beyond what's requested. So they're on a search. Now, in Genesis chapter number 24, 24 looking at verse number 7, when, when, when Abraham, he, he, he calls his servant and he tells him what he wants him to do. And he tells him how he wants to do it. Well, of course, a servant will always have a question. Well, how do I know this is going to happen the way you say it's going to happen? How do I know that? So in verse number 7, this is how Abraham responds to him in Genesis chapter number 24 in verse number 7. He says this is the answer that he gives to his servant. See, whenever you have a servant or someone serving under you, you have to always give them an answer. But it has to be an answer, a real answer, one that you have experienced. Now, verse number 7 in Genesis 24 says this. says, The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house. Abraham is speaking. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of thy kindred and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from this. He had firsthand experience of what God could do. So therefore he was able to, to speak to his servant and tell him, This is why I know that you're going to be able to find the wife for my son right where I tell you to find her at and exactly what she will be doing and how far she will go in order so that I may know that this is my son's wife. Now verse 8 says, this is what he tells him. He says, And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. Now, your servant is going to always have, be in doubt. He's going to be in doubt. He says now, now I know you're telling me to go and there's this woman that she's going to be willing. Uh, she's going to come and she's going to go with me, a total stranger. And she's going to follow me. And then he says, now, how do I know she's going to do this? And what happens if she refuses to do that? 
And, and his response was that if she's not willing to follow the instructions that's given to her, then he's, he's relinquished from that oath that he's been given. Now, let's drop down to verse number 11. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. He tells him exactly where to go. Go to the land of Mesopotamia. Now, verse number 11 says, And he made his camels to kneel down outside the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time the women go out to draw water. See, now, there are certain times when the women will go out and they will draw water. So he, he arrives there. God has a designated time for him to arrive in his traveling. He shows up when these women are there to get ready to draw the water. Verse 12 says, And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Verse 14, and, and the Bible says, And it came to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she say, Drink, and I will give thy camel drink also. Let the same be she that has been appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. See, the, he goes there, and, and, and the thing is, his sign is that's going to come this damsel, and she's going to offer him a pitcher of water, but not only that, she's going to go beyond what's requested. See, what's requested is a drink of water. But she's going to go beyond that. And going beyond that, she's going to feed all the animals too. She's going to give them drinks of water. Now, that's a whole lot of work for, for, for an act of kindness. Amen. That's a whole lot of work for an act of kindness. But watch what verse, seven, verse 15 says in Genesis 24. 15 says, And it came to pass before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebekah came out. And drop it down to verse 17, it says, And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water out of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my Lord. And she hasted, she let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And then the Bible says in verse 19, And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy cattle or for thy camels also until they have done drinking. So a good servant, one in servitude, will go beyond the call of duty. What was the call of duty? First thing was, I just want to give him a drink, a water. And then after that, then you feed my animals. You, 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 you give the camels some drink. So a good, a good servant goes beyond servitude. He, he don't, he, whenever it's requested and asked of them, then they just don't do that one duty. They do extra duties. And, and we're talking about servitude. We're talking about servitude. They're willing to go beyond the call of duty. But there are rewards when you, when you go beyond the call of duty. That there are some rewards when you go beyond the call of duty. Uh, when there's a call of duty, when we go beyond. I guess today I'm going to have to stay up here, and there's a reason, and we'll tell you later. Amen. A good servant, a good servant goes beyond the call of duty. Amen. Amen. I won't be able to go down today. Amen. We'll have too much stuff going on down there. All right. A good servant goes beyond the call of duty. Now, when you go beyond the call of duty, in other words, it's like this. Okay. 
Now, I, I noticed that now Brother Ricky has been absent because of certain situations in his life. But the, his, his duties are still here. So uh, to, to see who has true servitude, you don't have to appoint somebody to do them. They automatically do it. All of a sudden, you got people that are willing to pick up those chores. You have people to pick up those chores. <clears throat> you have people to pick up those chores. You have people to pick up those chores. And so that's an act of servitude. You are not requested to do it, but yet you go ahead and do it. Amen. See, and, and because you go ahead and do it, here comes some reward. Watch what happens with Rebecca in Genesis 24, verse number 22. After she does what, what she's doing, you know, feeding the camels and giving them a drink of water and giving the man, uh, um, him, a, a traveler, a stranger, she gives him a, a, a pitcher of water as well. Now, verse 22 says this, And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. She was rewarded. She was rewarded for her act of kindness. She was rewarded. She was rewarded. So whenever, you, whenever you're uh, doing servitude, whenever you're being a servant, a true servant, God will always award, reward you. She had no clue she was going to be rewarded. She just did it automatic. That's true servitude. Automatically, she was willing to do extra. True servants are willing. Can I get amen? They're willing to do, go, go the extra mile. They're willing to go the extra mile. They're willing to make that sacrifice. She didn't have to do that. He, see, there was a certain time the virgins, they came out and, and, and they drew water for themselves. But here comes somebody else and they want you to give them a, a, a pitcher of water and you already draw, you know, been drawing water and you're tired. And then not only that, but you look and they've got other people with them and they got their cameras and all of a sudden you begin to serve them as well. That, that's just like, uh, you're not accustomed to, to being in the kitchen and serving people, but when a whole lot of people show up, you just automatically go to the kitchen to help. Amen. That's servitude. So, but not only will a good servant, a one that, uh, 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 a servant, or do the acts of servitude, not only are they willing, willing to go beyond the call of duty, but there's something else they are willing to do as well. Let's go to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth, the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth. A good servant, uh, one of servitude, willing to work another man's field. A good servant, a good servant, a good servant, a good servant is willing to work another man's vision. A good servant. Let me show you what the word says here in the book of Ruth. Now, you have to understand now, in, in, in the book of Ruth, here it is. There's a lady by, there's some characters. There's a lady by the name of Naomi. There's Ruth, and uh, there's Oprah, and there's a man called Boaz. Now, there was, it was during a time when in, in Bethlehem of Judea, there was a drought. There was a famine going on. So what they decided to do, now these are, I'm going to put it in, in modern day terms. 
these were uh, Christians that was, they were in the house of bread. They were in the house. They were being fed. But because a drought came, a famine came, they decided to uproot themselves without the direction of the Holy Spirit or without the direction of God, and they just decided to go to the land called Moab. Now, Moab, the land Moab is false security. It represents the world. The world Moab represents the world, false security. So what do they do? They go to Moab. They go to, a, to the world thinking that they're going to receive something. Uh, and what happens is they lose everything that they have. How many know that the world, that the world will strip you of everything that you have? He, he, he leaves. They, he takes his family. Uh, Amalek, he takes his family. They, they go to Moab. They go there. And all of a sudden, once they go there, they're realizing that things does not appear to what they may be. What happened is, is that when they went there to the land of Moab, they were there for 10 years. The world will hold you hostage. The world will hold you hostage. Once the world holds you hostage, then what happens is you have to, uh, you're at the mercy of, of, of the world. You are at the mercy of the world. While they're there in the world, what happens? While you're there in the world, thank you, Holy Spirit. While you're there in the world, amen, amen. While you're there in the world, okay, her husband dies. Her two sons dies. See, the whole time the world is stripping. <laughs> the world is stripping, stripping, robbing. So when she comes back uh, and with her daughter-in-law, she comes back and she comes back, they come back empty. She said, I want out full. See, whenever you leave the house of bread, you go out full. But by the time the world gets through with you, you're going to come back empty. She came back empty. No longer was her name pleasantry, Naomi meaning pleasantry. All of a sudden she said, call me Myra, call me bitter. But, but, but even in the midst of her uh, 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 dismay or despondency, a good servant, a good servant will still be right there. Watch, watch, watch the word in the book of Ruth, chapter, chapter number 2. Watch the word, verse 2. Now it says this in the book of Ruth, verse number 2. It says, And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and gleam ears of corn after him, and whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. She says, Go, my daughter. I want you to go. Then she goes on and she says now, um, verse number 3, And she went and she came and she gleaned in the field after the reaper. And her hat was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz. Now, dropping down to verse number five. Now, you, here she is. She's willing to work somebody else's field, somebody else's vision. You know, she, there comes a time when maybe the visionary, or uh, the one that's, that God has given the vision, is not able to, to, to operate or to work the field, uh, to carry out the vision. So the reliance has to be on the servant. And so what happens now, the servant is willing to go work the field. My, my question to you is this. As, as a servant in this house or as a servant of God, are you willing to work somebody else's vision when it looks like ain't nothing going on? Are you willing to work another man's vision 
when it looks like nothing is going on. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? I said, now, Holy Spirit, I said, help me with this. Now, he says, now, Brenda, he said, now, you've got to understand something. You know, a good servant, in order to get those rewards, when it comes down to servitude, you have to be willing to put in, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit, to put in extra time, extra time, make sacrifices, but then be willing to work the, the, somebody else's vision. Not your vision, but the vision of the house. Because, see, when everybody has their own vision, it comes that vision. But are you willing, during the difficult times, during the hard times, to work another man's vision, to work another man's field? Now, watch what happens now in verse number 5, in verse number 5, when you're doing servitude, okay? Verse 5, the book of Ruth, chapter number 2. It says, Then sent Boaz unto his servants that were set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabite damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. What we have to see here, now what servitude does is servitude will set you up. Servitude will position you. Servitude will put you on the front line. And servitude, God says, will bring you before great men. It will bring you before great She didn't know Boaz. He was the, the, the richest man there, and, and they needed somebody. But God had the right person in the right time, and all because she was operating in servitude. She operated in servitude. All of a sudden, she, Boaz shows up on the scene, and he takes notice of her. Whenever we're operating as servants, do you not know God takes notice of that? God takes notice when we're willing to work somebody else's vineyard, when we're willing to work somebody else's field, when we're willing to work somebody else's vision, God takes notice. And when God takes notice, things begin to happen. He begins to begin the questions and the wait a minute. You think about this now. This is a stranger. She's an outsider. She's a, she's a Moabite. But yet God takes notice of her. In other words, it's like this. When a sinner began to do a whole lot of things around the church and willing to do a whole lot of stuff, and those that has been here that you know, is not willing to do, just want to sit on the pew. Now, who do you think God looking at? The one that's sitting doing nothing, the one that does not claim to be anybody, don't even claim to be saved, but yet they are willing to work somebody else's field. So who who you think he's noticing? Is he's noticing the noticing uh, uh, noticing the one that's criticizing, or is, or is he noticing the one that's saying, "Well, this ought to be this way, and it shouldn't be that way." But but uh, is he noticing the one that is not proclaiming the name of Jesus, but yet he's working in the field? See, that, that makes a big difference. Now, either you're going to work in the field and and be who you say you are, or you're going to be on the seat of do nothing. But you got to understand, God does take notice of that. God takes notice. He takes notice of every sacrifice that you make. God takes notice. And he will set you up on. She met somebody she didn't even know, had not a clue. The richest man in the world she met. That was some power there. 
I wonder what was she doing in her reaping that all of a sudden, out of all the damsels that was there, he take notice of her. She must have been doing something different. Had to be doing something different. If she wasn't doing something different, she never would have been noticed. She never would have been noticed. He, and what, what, watch what happens when we're in servitude, when we are, when we are in servitude. Looking at verse number 8 and Ruth chapter number 2. Verse 8 says, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter, go not to gleam in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by maiden. In other words, you get favor when you're working in somebody else's field. She got favor. She worked someone else's vineyard. She worked somebody else's vision. And because she did that, she received favor. But most of us don't want to work somebody else's vineyard or their vision. We want to do our own thing. That's how society is now. That's how the world is now. They want to do their own thing. But when you do servitude, when you go beyond the call of duty, when you, when you walk away from that false security, because, see, that's what Moab represents. The world represents false security. When you work someone else's vision or someone else's field, God said, I'm going to give you favor. Because one day you'll be in the same position, and once you're in the same position, what happens is... They will want, you will want someone else to, to be a servant to you. You know how it is when you want somebody else to wait on you. <laughs> yeah. But yet when you, when you were, where you could wait on somebody else, you didn't wait on nobody else. You didn't want to do anything, but when it came your time. When it came your time, then you wanted everybody to be at your beck and call. No, it don't work like that. You got to go down the road called servitude. You got to go down that road to be willing to serve when it don't look like service needs to be done. You got to be willing to do that. But there are rewards in servitude. Most people never make it to the reward because they don't want to do the servitude. They don't want to serve. They don't want to work the vision. So they miss out on the reward. But, but let me show you what else comes now when, you, when, you, when you're in servitude uh, and you're being a servant. Verse 9 says, now, now, now uh, Boaz is still speaking. He says, let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go after, not after them. And have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. And the next thing comes with servitude is you get protection. When you're protecting somebody else's vision, when you're, when you're serving up under someone else's vision, what comes back to you is protection. In other words, can't nobody take over your vision. But it still has to go down with servitude. See, that's a reward. You'll get protection. You'll receive favor. Favor. And, then, and verse number 11 says, And Boaz answered, and he said unto her, It has fully been shown me, all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity and art common to a people which thou knewest not heretofore. Hmm. Servitude. Someone is taking notice. In other words... They're reading your resume. Okay. She's left her family. 
She's serving some strangers. She's working their field. She's working their vision. And even you've left those that you're familiar with in order to serve. Those things that you're familiar with, you've left those things. But what happens is that somebody's taking notice of what you're doing. Never think that what you're doing, nobody's taking notice. Not only does God take notice, but there are other people that are watching what you do. And you can trust for sure, this visionary here watches what you do too. That's how I know who goes to do extra. Who goes the extra mile. Who's willing to make that sacrifice. See, you call it servitude. Servitude. You know, it's just amazing. He takes notice. When God takes notice of what you are doing in the kingdom, thank you, Holy Spirit, then he blesses. It's being recorded. Never think what God, what you're doing for God is going unnoticed. It is not going unnoticed. God is recording everything. How do you think you get these rewards, these unexpected gifts? How you, that's because God has been watching and seeing what you're doing in your servitude, and God says, it's time for me to reward them. It, it, it's, 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 it's time for me to bless them for their, I hear your Holy Spirit, for their faithfulness, for their commitment. Do you not know faithfulness and commitment, God's reward, and obedience? Obedience. God rewards. God's rewards for all that stuff. When you're pure in spirit, God rewards, and, and, and when you have obedience, God rewards. In other words, when you're opening yourself up and say, Lord, I want to be pure. And the reason why I want to be pure, because I want to be that, 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 that vessel that the, your power can flow through and see the supernatural operate. Blind eyes open. The lame walking. Some might say, well, you know, that's back in the Bible they know. No, that's now. That's now. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen a young girl when I was overseas, when she was blind from birth, God opened up her eyes. Literally opened her eyes. The principal from the, from the school for the deaf and blind, they called for him to come and say, whose child is this? How long she's been blind? He said, she's at my school. She's been blind since birth. See, there are some supernatural things that still take place. I've seen the lame walk, a little girl that was crippled, couldn't walk. I've seen as God healed her, she got up and she walked. See, if you, we're living in a time of the supernatural if we believe it. We have to open ourselves up to allow the power to flow through us. And it's God's power. We don't pick and choose when, when he works. And some of that stuff they show you on TV, that ain't stuff ain't right. You don't put God on a timetable. You don't put him on 12 o'clock news and bam, well, here we go, he's going to heal. No, he will do it at his own given time. But we got to be clean vessels. And at the time he wants to, he will operate. And he will begin to do some supernatural things, some mighty things. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen God use a 16-year-old girl to, to speak to, to, to a young, some, some people that were deaf and, and they could not hear. And, and let me tell you, her life was jacked up. 
And that's why her father sends her overseas with the rest of us in hope that her life would get better. Well, you know God had a wound awakening for her. When she began to lay hands, lay hands on those young people that whose ears was, they were deaf and they couldn't, even, they couldn't even speak. All of a sudden, the power of God began to move and people began to speak. They began to speak. They began to say, talk about Jesus, Jesu. I mean, they would begin to say his name. But they had never heard before. We're living in that era if we desire to live it. I desire to be in that. I desire to see the cancer heal. I desire, we've seen that too, even at House of Destiny, stage four cancer. We've seen stage four cancer heal. We come in on a Saturday night when we used to have services uh, on a Saturday. We had service on a Saturday. Someone came in and said, I have a friend. And by the way, she was not even saved. She had stage four cancer. The doctors was looking for her. She had went to the emergency room because she got hurt on a job. She, she goes to another place. They couldn't find her. Eventually, they found her. She shows up at our friend's home. Her name is Christine. She shows up at her house and tells her, I've got stage four cancer. The doctors told me this. I went to the emergency room for one thing, and he tells me I got cancer. Well, from Saturday to Monday, from Saturday to Monday, when we got the report, we got the report back that the woman did not have stage four cancer anymore. See, God's still operating the supernatural, but you got to be with. Listen, you can't turn somebody away because they're not saved. How do you think God's power is going to operate? But God's power has to operate through a pure, clean vessel, and plus a vessel has to be willing to be obedient. Obedient, you got to walk outside of yourself. Be willing. Be willing. Servitude. Servitude. And watch what the, this is probably the last verse. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray we've been blessed. Ruth, chapter 2. Now, watch what God says here in verse number 12. When, 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 when Ruth does all that she does, she's willing to work her mother-in-law's field. She's willing to work her mother-in-law's vision. And, and God has taken notice of it. Watch what happens in verse number 12 in the book of Ruth, chapter number 2. It says, the Lord, boys is saying this, the Lord recompense thy work. Who going to repay you for your work? Not house of daddy because we ain't got nothing money. We do good to take care of business. But it says the Lord will recompense. God will repay your what? Your work. God will repay your work. God. Not man. God will repay your work. He says, God will repay your work. Sometimes we look for man to pay. No, man don't have enough. Man don't even know the timing of when to pay you. Because, see, man will pay you out of turn. And when you pay it out of turn, you, you, you're wasted, right? But here he says, because of what she did, he says now, he said, the Lord recompense, the Lord will repay thy work. And look at this, a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. She had came to trust God through the leading of her mother-in-law. Through the leading of servitude. Something I noticed, and I thought it was very interesting. When the servant began to question Abraham, when he began to, to question Abraham, he said to him, he said, now, 
he knew where to go as he was instructed. But that servant didn't know God. So prior to Rebecca coming to the well, he prayed to the God of Abraham. He didn't have a relationship, but he knew Abraham did. So he prayed to, to the man that he knew that had a relationship with God, that he would reveal to him everything that he needed to know. In servitude, there are some things you may not know. When you come down the, to, down the road, the vision that God may place in your heart, there may be some things you don't know. But if you will follow in servitude, follow as a servant, I will guarantee you will know. You will, you'll trust the same God. Just like when came down to Ruth and talked about Ruth and, and Naomi, and then Boaz says to her, you know, now you've come to the point where you trust in our God. See, the sometimes everybody's, not sometimes, all the time, most people's faith level is not on the same level. It's not on the same level. Their faith is not on the same level. But if you hang around somebody, if you serve somebody that who has great faith and you've seen God operate through their faith, I will guarantee you by the time you reach your vision or the destiny God has for your life, then you'll have that great faith too. Because you'll begin to believe in that same God. You'll be able to see the power of God operating and moving. And see, when you see the power of God operating and moving, that comes by a means of experience. If you don't do servitude, if you're not willing to work someone else's vision, but you want to work your own vision, then what happens is you're going to miss out on something. There are rewards, rewards for servitude, rewards for being a servant. Everybody wants to be the leader. Everybody wants to be the leader. Nobody wants to serve. You know what happens? You don't get the rewards. You've got to serve before you can lead. And when you lead, you got to do, do the things out front in order to make sure your follow, the followers going to do the same thing. You can't tell your followers to do one thing. You do something different. Can't do that. Uh-uh. No. Not on God's watch, you can't. Not on the Lord's watch. But there are rewards for servitude, for being a good servant. Doc said something to me earlier today, you know, and we talked about something, and and he said, I'm, I want something to do. Just, you know, I, I'm willing to clean the trash cans and I mean, get the trash and bathrooms and work. He said, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to work. I'm willing. Just tell me what to do. Wanting to be a servant. Servitude. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? I include me. Are we willing to work somebody else's field? Are we willing to work somebody else's vision? And to the time.